0: We got the alternative energy right. we kill our free autonomy. And, we got, and welcome
1: we to the radioactive show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome. I'm Ka. This week's radio show has been recorded and produced on the unceded lands of the Wadjuk Noongar, or better known as Perth, for 3CR Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Following on from last week's show that was produced by Mara, who spoke to Dr. Margaret Beavis from the Medical Association for the Prevention of War about nuclear medicine and the recent shutdown of Ansto's Lucas Heights nuclear reactor, this week we speak with Dr. Sue Wareham, the president of MAPWA, or the Medical Association for the Prevention of War. And she was recently in Perth um, speaking publicly on nuclear weapons and the global health threat. We will also hear about the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons that was approved this time last year to ban the bomb and the extraordinary work that supporters around the world have worked tirelessly for decades to prevent harm from nuclear and other weapons and believe that killing hundreds and thousands of people and poisoning their environment is morally wrong and that this should be reflected in
2: law. I'm Sue Wareham, I'm the President of the Medical Association for Prevention of War in Australia and I'm also on the board of ICANN, the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. Lovely coincidence is this is, yes, KIA, Saturday 7th of July, uh, well it wasn't a Saturday last year, but July seven, two 2017, the UN adopted, um, after... Um, fairly fairly rapid and enthusiastic negotiation adopted what's called the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. We call it the Nuclear Weapons Ban Treaty. And it's it's the best thing that's happened for nuclear disarmament in a long time, in decades, because it really stigmatises these weapons and puts them in the same category as other weapons of mass destruction, such as chemical and biological weapons, which all have their own... Um, ban treaty. So the, uh, yes, the ban treaty um, prohibits the every aspect of nuclear weapons and support for them. So the development, testing, production, um, possession use, threat of use, uh, support for countries that do any of those prohibited activities. So Australia is complicit here um, because Australia does support the US with its nuclear weapons policies to come into effect legally it needs to have 50 countries both sign and ratify and we're not there yet we have 59 signatures for the treaty 10 countries have taken the additional step of ratifying but we should uh, we should be aware also that ratifying takes takes a little while it's it's a lot more uh, time-consuming and difficult for a government than simply signing because they need to get legislation through their own domestic parliaments in support of the treaty. So we're, we're on the way, and once this comes into effect legally, that's going to be another great cause for celebration. So it's a, um, it's a good day to celebrate 7th of July. And it's a good day to celebrate what ordinary people can achieve because this, the agenda for this treaty was really driven along by ordinary people in civil society, working with some good, supportive governments around the world.
1: You've been now a couple of times in WA um, over the last month. Can you just talk about why you're coming so frequently to WA, which is fabulous for us?
2: <laughs> uh, yes, it's always it's good to come over here, a lovely place to visit. Um, And the last time I came, which was a couple of months or so ago... Um, I came because the organisation I'm involved with, Medical Association for Prevention for um, organised some meetings and some talks here for me to talk about the nuclear weapons issue, which is what MAPW focuses on particularly. This time um, I've come back for a similar reason, but I've been talking with um, some med students, the AMSA, the Australian Medical Students Association, on the nuclear weapons issue. So it's um, all about nuclear weapons, and I I am tossing in a bit when we talk about nuclear weapons, about the problem of warfare generally, because it's a huge global problem which needs more attention focused on it.
1: The threat to use nuclear weapons at the moment, like currently, is greater than it's ever been for the last half a century. You know, any any use of these weapons would be catastrophic and there's no humanitarian help available for any survivors for your organisations that you work for you know, and that we advocate for is the prevention is the only rational response. Can you
2: talk to us about that, Sue? Yes, definitely, and that's been the core of our message. Uh, and when I say our message, I'm talking about the the health workers' um, peace movement, uh, nuclear weapons abolition mess, um, movement, which has been going for decades. And the, the message really hasn't changed over that time, but we've reinvigorated it. And the message is pretty much as you said, Ka, that if nuclear weapons are used again, there's very little that could be offered to any survivors in the form of humanitarian response. The extent of destruction, the extent of suffering, um, the damage done to healthcare services and other infrastructure which is needed to provide any sort of emergency response, most of that would be virtually gone or or dysfunctional. Um, health in the in the event of an emergency. We all know that we need. We don't just need um, buildings, um, hospitals, and health clinics, and people working in them who are who are actually alive and functional. But we need um, transport, um, electricity, communication, sewage, um, supplies, communications. All of these things. Um, are needed to operate our emergency and healthcare services, and when those things are all, are all virtually all destroyed, then there's very little left to offer any survivors of a of a disaster, and that's the scenario that we'd be looking at in the event of even a single nuclear weapons use again. So that's part of the reason that this message is increasingly important and urgent. And as you said, our risk now is the worst level it's been for over half a century each year the um the the marker that we look to often is the bulletin of the atomic scientists who have what's called a doomsday clock which indicates our closeness to midnight being a, a global catastrophe of an unprecedented order and this year in january the hands of the doomsday clock were moved from two and a half minutes to two minutes to midnight which is where they were in 1953 at the height of the cold war and they haven't been that close to midnight since so there's a lot of complacency around this issue. Um, A lot of people thought at the end of the Cold War that this problem was solved. That complacency is perhaps slowly eroding now, but not nearly fast enough, and we need a lot greater attention to this issue before these weapons are used again.
0: And I was shocked because I had been going for 40 years or more with very considerable evidence that it was working exceptionally well.
1: You're listening to the Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We're speaking with Dr Sue Wareham, the President of the Medical
2: Association for the Prevention of War, about the global health threat of nuclear weapons. Um, just about any traumatic injury you could imagine um, would be uh, likely and on a large scale. So capacity of health services to offer even rudimentary First aid would be very limited in this situation, but not only the immediate effects but the longer term effects the radiation sickness which sets in after a variable period, which might be days or some weeks after the event, and that uh, that can be fatal, but even beyond that decades um, years or even decades down the track there's the development of cancers which are uh, triggered can be triggered by the exposure to the radiation that people are exposed to in the event of a nuclear blast. Um, So the development of cancers, and we see this in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and a lot of people don't realise that even now, over 60 years after the destructions of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the rates of cancer in those cities are still higher than we would expect uh, if the nuclear blast had not occurred. So they're they're higher than than comparable um, cities and situations so the the suffering from nuclear weapons um, there 's really no end in sight once the weapons are used, the suffering goes on for a long, long long time.
1: Mm. What um, can we all do together to to make sure that the nuclear weapons are you know abolished
2: well that 's the, that's the key question isn 't it <laughs> yeah. uh, and the good news um, is that there 's actually quite a lot that people can do. And I'm always heartened by the fact that there's been... One might not think it, but there's been big success thus far, and what I mean by that is that these weapons haven't been used again since 1945, and that is a huge victory for civil society. And there's been some research done um, in the US. Um, A historian called Lawrence Whitner talks about the fact that even though the use of these weapons has been recommended many times since 1945, no leader has actually used these weapons again. And the reason, as documented by um, Lawrence Wittner, the reason is that leaders know that public opinion would not tolerate this. Civil society, by which we mean, let's let's call ourselves normal people, ordinary people, um, have made our voices and our views known that these weapons have no place in civilised society. Leaders know that. And to that Um, For that reason, I say we've had big success thus far, but, and this is a big but, we can't rely on that, there's an element of luck in there and that luck is going to run out sooner or later unless we get rid of these weapons. So in answer to the question as to what can be done now, people need to let our leaders know that they want these weapons abolished. And the very good news is that there is now a treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons, which was um, a, an achievement... Uh, adop- it, the treaty was adopted by the United Nations on the 7th of July last year, so we're around the one-year anniversary. And um, this treaty is a huge achievement because it adds to the stigma associated with the weapons... And it says to our leaders, um, it reinforces the message that these weapons need to be abolished. So that treaty is very important. Australia has strongly opposed the treaty. Our current Australian government has. We need to let our government know that this is not good enough. We want the Australian government to sign on to the treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons, or the ban treaty as we call it. Not only our government, but we need to let all our parliamentarians know that this is what we want and this is what we expect of them. So um, whichever political party you want to reach out to, the Greens have been very supportive on this issue. Labor Labor need a lot of pushing to update their policy on nuclear weapons to indicate that if and when they form government, Labor would sign the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. So whichever parliamentarian people want to reach out to, it's important um, that we that we do that. Um, there's a parliament... ICANN has initiated a parliamentarian's pledge which we've sent to all federal parliamentarians, asking them to pledge that they will do all that they can do to make sure Australia signs the Nuclear Weapons Ban Treaty. So to listeners, I'd say check if your parliamentarian, your representative, has signed the ICANN pledge. The list is all on the ICANN website. It's kept up to date. So check the list, and if your parliamentarian is there email them write them write to them ring them and say good on you thank you for doing that if your parliamentarian's name is not there contact them and say why not i expect you to stand up for this new treaty mm.
1: You're listening to the Rad Show. I'm Ka. We're speaking with Dr. Sue Wareham, the president of um, MAPWA, or the Medical Association for the Prevention of War. I've I asked Sue to talk about the increase in weapons manufacturers in universities around Australia.
2: I know it is a problem uh, throughout Australia that the weapons manufacturers, the biggest. Biggest of them, including some of the biggest war profiteers in the world, are making inroads into our universities and sometimes even our schools with their programs and offering sponsorships. And as we know, our universities are underfunded, and the lure of money from the corporate world is sometimes very hard to resist. And this is a very dangerous development because. You know, there's there's no free lunch, the old saying. If a corporation has inroads into a university, there are going to be some strings attached, regardless of what they say to the contrary. They're going to want um, their, um, something that's going to help lure students to uh, to their um, their sort of manufacturing or research or whatever it is. I know at the University of Melbourne, The university has a fairly new arrangement with Lockheed Martin, which is the biggest weapons manufacturer in the world. Students at that university and some staff are very alarmed about this and are campaigning to have that arrangement overturned and uh, good on them, the arrangements should be overturned. It's actually a Lockheed Martin Weapons Laboratory at the University of Melbourne. Mm. I also was pretty alarmed to read recently I received a magazine from my old university, which was Adelaide University, and boasting as strongly as one could boast about um, their new arrangements with BAE systems. BAE Systems is uh, the company that's helping fund the Saudi Arabian government in its bombing and blockade of civilians in Yemen, which is causing such a catastrophe in Yemen. Um, BAE Systems has been um, uh, has, be- has been involved in corruption uh, at a number of levels. It's just it's almost unthinkable that our universities would be reaching out to companies uh, whose agenda is making profit from warfare, selling more weapons um, and who have been been involved in such uh, frankly sordid activities as selling to the Saudi Arabian government who are making war on the people of Yemen. So yes, there's a lot of work to do um, in relation to the universities and if any listeners um, are associated with universities either as staff, student or supporters or in any other way then I'd really encourage you to find out um, where your um, what links there might be with your university and also where your university's investments are. And if there are investments with companies that make nuclear weapons such as Lockheed Martin, BAU Systems, Raytheon... Um, and and others then ask your university why are you investing with companies that make the worst of all weapons of mass destruction? Mm. Mm.
1: And a really good point. I did see last week that Australia mm. has commissioned BAE to make frigates. frigates. Is that
2: mm. yeah? Yes, um, that is true. Uh, BAE Systems. Um, won the contract to make Australia's new fleet of uh, frigates. And this also, it, it should be unthinkable with a, a company such as um, BA Systems with the history that I I just mentioned of selling to about the most repressive government um, in the world. Um, I'll just mention also there's a... Um, Another campaign which MAPW Medical Association of Prevention of War has um, has started, and that's in relation to the Australian War Memorial in Canberra, which also, um, and this uh, should come as a pretty shocking fact, but it's true. Even in our war commemoration, the Australian War Memorial accepts uh, company uh, accepts sponsorships from weapons companies and promotes these companies. If you walk in the doors of the Australian War Memorial in Canberra, you will see before you in uh, big panels, thank you to our sponsors, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, BAE Systems, the same industry that made a... And I'm sorry for this pun, made a huge killing out of World War I, which we are so commemorating um, uh, at, the, at the moment. Um, and BAE Systems actually has a, has a theatre within the Australian War Memorial... Uh, with its with its name attached, BAE Systems Theatre, wow. we are uh, we are really in the um, this is this is a big problem.
1: I interviewed Dr. Uh, Christine Jeffrey Stokes, who's just done her PhD and, and a long term research on on water quality and and the link between kidney failure out in the gold field that all people out there are suffering because of the water quality. Um, And it just makes me think about these huge investments that we're making with weapon manufacturers and giving them the contract. And the money cannot be found for people to have access to quality water here in Australia. You know, money going into weapons of mass destruction when we've got other issues that we could be, you know, huge, huge areas that need focus
2: Yes, that's certainly an important point and that was highlighted again earlier this year when our Prime Minister Turnbull announced that he wants Australia to be one of the top ten weapons exporters. I mean, of all the things that we could aspire to as a nation, to be a big weapons exporter is pretty much the pits, really. Um, And along with that announcement came um, a commitment of, I think it was around $3.8 billion for an export finance facility to help the weapons uh, manufacturers in Australia to export their profits uh, more more successfully so uh, yes we need to be making uh, more noise about the about where where our money is going and the sorts of industries that our government is is trying to help along and with with each announcement of a, a new weapons facility, whether it's the frigates or the submarines or whatever it is, we always hear talk about jobs, jobs, jobs. It's always about jobs. And yet if we really wanted more jobs for this country, we wouldn't be putting money into weapons, weapons projects. We'd be putting more money into health and education and looking after the environment. And there we really get a good number of jobs for the investment, not in huge high-tech... Um, weapons projects which really deliver far less jobs per billion dollars than the other other sectors which are creating a better world. Mm. Sue
1: I know your time is precious and it's been wonderful to talk to you is there any final words that um, you want to say? Thanks Kay
2: I would like to really encourage people to be to be active in whatever way people can and I I know there are a lot of calls on on people's time and attention, a lot of important things happening in the world. But I think wherever, wherever your passion is and whatever you think needs changing in this world, then be active on it because we are not powerless and all of our voices are important and things do change because of people um, people being dissatisfied, people being alarmed at the state of the world and people getting active and making a difference one of the examples was the achievement of the new Nuclear Weapons Ban Treaty. That came about because ordinary, normal civilian people were truly alarmed and they, they are making a difference. So wherever you feel you can make a difference, then I really urge you to do something. Good on
1: you. Great. Thanks a and Sue. Fabulous.
2: And that's all for this week's RAID show.
1: Thanks so much to Dr. Sue Wareham for speaking with us on today's show and to the work she and MAPWA and ICAN and all the other activists around the world that want to see an end to nuclear weapons and manufacturers of these weapons of mass destruction. The Radioactive Show is on Facebook and past episodes and podcasts are available on the 3CR website. Go to www.3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, email us at radioactive.3cr at gmail.com. This radioactive show was produced with the support of the Friends of the Earth Nuclear-Free Campaign on the Stolen Lands of the Ghana People for 3CR. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Music on today's show was Emergency from Monkey Mark from the album As the Market Crashed. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for more news, views on nuclear, peace and energy issues.
0: of shock, disbelief.